it's a hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, dating as an asexual person. Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but okay. okay. to the pod muffins that's so true Ugh, kayla we, and i were just talking about that muffins youtube video from like 2007 yeah we just had an hour-long business meeting we did we're professionals because we're professionals and then we talked about that video so yeah pretty it's much living the dream conclusion. over here yeah uh it feels to us like it's been a while but it is the same amount of time for our listeners yeah, it does feel like it's been forever. Because we last recorded over a week ago. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And what? when people are listening to this, I will be in Michigan. She will. And we will have seen each other we two will. days ago. <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> Basically, the next episode you hear after this will be one that we recorded live together. I mean, not live, live but like and in person. It was live be, for us. Yeah, it'll be one where we're not apart. So get excited. Which means I guess. if there are weird noises, I won't be able to cut them out. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, and we're gonna be recording at my sister's apartment. Sneak peek. Um, yeah, and she lives right by the hospital. So, she hears every siren. Yep. It's gonna be great. And so will you. <laughs> Might even hear some trains, because she's close to the train tracks, too. You'll finally hear the train. Incredible. Wow. Okay. A small, just, correction from last week. I say s- the word wrong. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna have my computer say it. Oh, is this the sinew. trial thing? Sinew. I said sinew. It's sinew, apparently. Listen, I learned it from reading. Literally, as Sarah That's was editing, editing the podcast, she was like, oh my god, I said this German word wrong. Should I cut the whole thing? And I was like, no. No one cares. Uh, the other day I was thinking to myself, like, what would I say, like, speaking German on the podcast? And thinking to myself, it went fine, but as soon as you put a microphone in front of me, I panic. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay, what are we talking about this week? This is a thing that we've had many people write in about. And also, like, from our original, like, us brainstorming ideas in the very beginning, like, two years ago, was something we, like, had talked about. It was on that list, yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, we've never done it because I think Sarah and I just don't have a lot of personal experience with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe one day we'll be able to have someone on. And they can talk about it for I would real. Love to do that. Yeah, I know you guys have been asking for more interviews, and one day that will. You're getting an interview next week. Happen? Oh, that's true. Fuck you. You're getting an interview <laughs> next week. You're fine. Um. <laughs> I mean, anyway, it's with a person we've already interviewed, but don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um. Yeah. So this week we're talking about like dating as an ace person, like. Mm-hmm what people should do if they are dating an ace person, things if you are the ace person. Yeah. And just, like, bearing in mind, obviously, 
not obviously, but neither of us have really had a ton of experience with this, but there's just stuff that we've gathered from doing this pod and talking to people who listen to the pod, so we're just gonna kind of talk about it, because, like, I don't have experience dating an ace person, or a person, or or a living being. I know interspecies dating here, but, you know, I still, I still... As I've learned from Bachelor in Paradise, have a good idea of how dating should go. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that, but okay. But okay, seriously, from other life, you know, I've seen yeah. relationships. I yes. and I've been arrow ace, and so I know some of the struggles that might arise. Yes. Do you want to start with talking about what? personal experience you do have as a demi-human? I suppose I will. Um, okay. And yeah, so I mean, obviously I'm demi and I have dated, but I think like, I mean, obviously the dating experience is different for everyone and every ace person and every demi person. Um, I mean, I guess I'll talk a little bit more as we go about why I feel like I don't have the most experience with this, but whatever. Okay. So... When I first, like, realized I was Demi and came to terms with it, I was in the middle of a relationship. Um, so it had gone past to the point where being Demi wasn't super pertinent, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd already gotten to the point in your relationship where you yeah. were comfortable. So, like, you didn't yeah. it need didn't, to... Yeah. yeah. We didn't, didn't have to, like... Anything. Yeah, we didn't have, like, to have a conversation or anything. Um, that relationship ended, and after that, I was, like, really coming to terms with being Demi, because then it was, like, actually kind of, like, more relevant in my life. Uh, Affecting your dating life, yeah. 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 It was, like, something I was more actively thinking about. What happened then? Then I had, I think, the biggest instance I've had of my sexuality affecting my dating life was after that, we'll call that relationship one, Jesus, (laughs) when you have to number your relationships, um... So that was relationship one, the one I started the podcast with, if you're, you've been listening the whole time. That was relationship one. This is so I was going to say we could use actual names, but I was like, no, let's not do that. (laughs) Well, I do think I've used all of their names in episodes, but we don't need to bring that back. Yeah, let's not. Um, So they're fine. They don't need that kind of clout. Um, They don't need that PR. (laughs) No. So, okay, so after relationship one was over, I, like, had a thing where I was, like, talking a lot to this one person, and, like, I wanted to date him, like, seriously, but he was, like, I don't want that right now, and that was the experience I think I most had to come to terms with my sexuality, because I was, like, in order for anything to happen here, like, I need to be dating you, but that's not what you want, and for a while, I was, like, it's fine, I can be super casual, and then I was, like, no, I'm super dead. Yeah, I remember you being, like, this is not fine. (laughs) Yeah, And that was kind of, like, when I really solidified, like, I'm soups Demi. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was, like, the biggest impact it had on me was just, like, um, I mean, it kind of affected, you know, what kind of relationship I wanted to have. And, like, Mm -hmm. he, this person wasn't willing to, you know, like, do what I wanted to do, which is obviously fine. Um, Like, people want different things. And so, Mm -hmm. like, that was the first instance of it really affecting my dating life. Granted, at the time, I didn't really have the vocabulary to, like, talk to him about it. Yeah. Um, And I didn't really try. So, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how things would have gone if I was like, hey, this is where I'm at. You anyway. you weren't ready to have that conversation. No. And you, like, I, I felt like, from my perspective, like, you were invested in the relationship, but you could tell that there wasn't so much investment on both sides that it would be yeah. worth going through that of, like, having that conversation yeah, when no. you were still so so close to the beginning really of your understanding of your own sexuality yeah I mean yeah I was really at the beginning of understanding my sexuality and I was in no position to really talk to anyone about it because I hadn't like talked to myself about it basically Mm -hmm. um so after that we go into relationship two so relationship two was someone I found well relationship one was also on tinder relationship two came from tinder um it's fine and I had in my bio on Tinder that I was Demi, and Mm. it actually, like, came up in a fair amount of conversations I would have with people, and I never ran into anyone that was, like, rude about it, which was slightly disappointing. I kind of wanted to, like, make a Twitter scandal out of it. But But also, that's good. No, it is very good, but I was also like, where's my content? I remember you being like, I want content. I I know, I wanted content for our Twitter, but it was good. It was very good. Let's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I know one of the questions we've received in the past, I don't know who asked this. A lot of people asked about this topic a long time ago, so I'm very sorry. Someone asked, like, when is the right time to tell your date that you're asexual? Mm -hmm. And you went right up front. So I did. So I went right up front and I mentioned it in my bio. Other people had mentioned it. This particular person, I don't think ever brought it up when we were, Mm -hmm. like, talking on Tinder And then it didn't, I don't think it came up, like, on the first date. Okay. But it was, like, a date where we went and got smoothies and I had rehearsal after. So it's not like anything was going to happen. Yeah. And then I remember he, like, brought it up at another point. Like, hey, can you, like, explain this to me? Like, he had, like, looked it up, I think. Mm -hmm. And was like, I just want to hear your thing about it. And then... It was fine. But also, like, you can read stuff online, but everyone's experience is going to be different, so... Yeah, so, like, I talked to him about it, and then it was really good. Like, he was always like, are you comfortable with whatever? Like, you let me know where you are. It was fine. The one weird thing I will say about, I guess, going into a relationship with, I guess, going into a relationship with, like, a non-normative sexuality, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never talked to a bisexual person about this, of, like, if a bisexual woman started dating a man about this. But, so obviously I had been very upfront about my sexuality. It was in my bio. And so I suppose I, like, don't have the right to find this upsetting. But I remember he had, like, told his friends about it and told his friends I was demisexual. And so the first time I met them, they were, like, asking me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were also, second of all, like, not a lot of them had the most liberal ideas, I guess. Yeah. And... They, like, said some things otherwise that I was, like, I think they, like, yeah. called some girl a whore, and I was, like, can we not? And then I got I in a remember, fight with this friend, and it was Yeah, I, re- I remember you talking about getting into arguments with those friends. <laughs> I mean, they were really stupid. They were, like, we're really bad. Um, so I guess that was just something, I mean, I don't even know if I have a point about that, because obviously, like, I was up, open and upfront about my sexuality, and I didn't tell him, like, not to talk to anyone about it. Yeah. And I also have a podcast about it. So it's, like, out there. Yeah. Um, 
But it is weird when, like, someone is telling other people secondhand about your identity when you don't necessarily know how those people are going to react to it, but you are going to have to interact with those people. Right. Like, yeah, I had never met these people. And then the fact they were that they were asking me so upfront about it. And again, like, I have a podcast, so maybe this is, like, my bad for not expecting it. Mm-hmm. But it was very weird to, like, be put on the spot with that. Yeah, I mean, I think even if you have a podcast, like, you're not walking into a Q&A right now. Like, you're... Right meeting your boyfriend's friends and so sometimes that can kind of throw you off a bit and like I'm because I'm me I'm often not necessarily comfortable with super direct questions especially coming from strangers especially when I don't expect them yeah and that can be difficult to deal with and you know that can also happen to people on like first dates or that sort of thing so but I can understand why that would be difficult yeah So I guess, I mean, my, I guess piece of advice from that experience would be, I mean, like, if you're coming out to someone, like, a significant other or someone you're dating, maybe it would be a good idea to, like, lay some understanding of, like, I'm telling you this, and I either am or am not comfortable with you, like, sharing that. Yeah. Or, Or like, like, I am or am not comfortable with, like, your friends bringing it up or something. Right. Or, like, I am comfortable with you telling your friends I am not comfortable with you telling your parents or that sort of thing yeah yeah so I think I guess that would be my piece of advice for that and like obviously there's not a lot of control you can have over like what people tell people yeah but like I mean you can at least control like hey can they like not talk to me about it I'm not super comfortable yeah in terms of when to bring it up to a date and this I would say this applies to kind of any ace identity like a spec identity um whether that's like gray sexual asexual demi if like if you're interested in someone romantically basically any a spec identity i feel like this could apply to i feel like it could even apply to like other sexualities too oh it definitely could like if you're like a bi woman dating a man if you're like hey this is me but like can we not yeah yeah, I think... Let's let's not make a thing of it, but also yeah. it's important for me to you to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. My thing with, like, when to tell a date, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, like, I was comfortable enough to, like, be upfront about it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously not everyone is going to be comfortable with that. Especially if you're kind of at the beginning of your coming to terms with your sexuality. I can understand there being a certain reticence to talking about it but I would also just encourage people like if you end up in a situation where you're not comfortable you don't owe anyone an explanation right like you like if you are comfortable with like being open and talking to that person about like I'm not comfortable with this here's why take it or leave it then that's great but also if you're not at that point which I feel like a lot of people who might be concerned about dating as an aspect person might still kind of be at that point like you don't owe anyone an explanation for mm-hmm. how you feel or what you're comfortable with and bear that in mind as we're kind of talking through all of this stuff right this is definitely like as we said with my one situation like I wasn't comfortable with it and I didn't talk about it you know like you don't have to yeah I think my one thing is, like, if you are comfortable talking about it and you're trying to figure out, like, the most, like, 
I don't know, strategic time to bring it up or something. I mean, if you're comfortable right at the beginning, sure. Mm. I think, like, my one thing is, like, I can understand the temptation to wait until you, like, know them better. Mm -hmm. And you feel more comfortable. And you feel more comfortable. I feel like my one concern with that, though, is, like, I can imagine if I was dating someone and I felt like I knew them really well, and then they were, Mm -hmm. like, also this, I would feel like, because it's such a big part of people's identity. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think I would be understanding about, like, oh, yeah, that's a big deal. I can understand why you wanted to wait, but I can imagine people being, like, I can understand people being, like, why would you keep such a big thing from me? Yeah, and I, I can also see a person on the other side of it like if maybe sex is really important to them right in a relationship like i can see why they may feel let on and so yeah. i would say err on the side of telling them sooner rather than later I, just because yeah. if they don't react to it well then fucking dump their ass <laughs> like yeah I you mean, don't you s- don't want them in your life anyway Right. You don't want to be dating someone that's, like, not going to be accommodating or, like, Mm. either isn't compatible with what you need in a relationship, like, and that's fine, that doesn't make them an asshole, or if they are an asshole. Yeah. Like, those aren't probably relationships that are going to work out either way for a variety of different reasons. So it's, like, in my mind, and maybe this is just, like, how I approach things, it's, like, almost better to get rid of them and not waste your time. And, like... If you're in your mind, you're like, oh, if I really, like, bond with them, maybe they'll, like, be okay with it once we're, like, really connected and, like, you know what I mean? It's not up to you to fix them. Right, no, I know, but I'm... Or to change them. Well, that's what I'm just saying, like, I understand that thought, but, like, it's not your responsibility. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm saying, like, as an asexual person, you might be like, oh, well, if it's going really well, maybe they would be okay with not having sex. But, like, that person really might, like, need sex in a relationship. And you're not going to change that. So Yeah. And, like, having this conversation in a relationship can be really difficult. And, like, it might be not a good time. And you might end up staying together. And it might turn out being to be fine. But, like, it's still something that I think in a healthy relationship there needs to be understanding and communication on both ends. And so if you are not totally comfortable explaining things fully, but they are still supportive of, like, whatever your needs are, then that's great. But, Mm -hmm. again, you don't owe anyone an explanation. You can just pull an L hopper and say, I dump your ass. Yes. (laughs) What an icon. Truly. Did you see the new trailer thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I guess that would be my advice on that. I don't know how helpful that is. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know what I think. I <laughs> I think it's all just about, like, finding people who are open to, not just, like, open to, like, being progressive and not being a dick but like there are plenty of people who are like progressive and not dicks who just like need sex out of a relationship and that's something that's important to them and i think it's important to remember 
as an aspect person who might be dating i say as an aspect person who doesn't date um but as that kind of person it's important to remember that even if people are accepting of your sexuality they still might not be willing to move forward with the relationship and that's not your fault Mm -hmm. it's and it's not necessarily their fault either like as long as they're not a dick about it (laughs) like i think it's important to remember that like this is it's not like it was your sexuality that caused you to break up even though it might feel like that way like it's just like there are certain things in relationships that you need to be on the same page about and it might be like this person is a mormon and i am muslim and this is not going to work or it might be like this person's asexual and i'm not and this is going to work like it's not necessarily yeah you know it it might be difficult to 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 kind of take in but i think we, we talked about this in like the recent bachelor episode of like love languages and like physical touch is like one of the five so if you're with someone who like really needs physical touch as a way of like being showed affection like that's just how it is yeah and if you're not comfortable with that then you're not comfortable with that you don't need to necessarily make like don't necessarily put yourself in a situation that makes you very uncomfortable just for another person you might be willing to maybe try it and then be like okay i I didn't like that let's not do that again and if they're cool about that then that's wonderful but like if you want to kind of push yourself a little bit for the sake of the relationship i can definitely understand that but you still need to communicate with your partner and if you push yourself a little bit and then find out like no this is not I can't, then don't keep pushing yourself. <laughs> right. Okay. Because now I have a segue into the next thing. But wrap up of this section. Number two relationship is gone, and now I'm in relationship number three. And oh, it also right. went It also <laughs> went fine with my sexuality, because we had known each other before, and he knew about it, and it was fine. Did he, like, know well before you started dating? Or um, was it just, like... Okay, so it was actually kind of weird. I guess this is a, I guess an interesting point. Maybe, maybe it's just interesting to me. So, um, so we were friends before. He was on the Quidditch team with me and Sarah, and so I actually never knew how much of my sexuality he knew because me and Sarah were like open and always talked about the podcast, but I didn't know if he had ever listened to it or like really looked into what it was about. Yeah, like to what extent he paid attention to that i actually didn't know in the beginning how much he knew yeah um but i can't remember if we like talked about it or if we just like rolled with it basically it was fine he was like also very good about like what are you comfortable with like are where are you are you okay um Mm -hmm. and it was very good the one i'm on the roof yes i was um i wasn't like the the one thing I guess that was like notable about the start of that one was we had like a common friend who once asked him like you know she's demisexual right and mm, like yeah. the friend asked like not for malicious reasons but like it kind of like freaked me out that he had yeah. asked that 
Because yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, he can't date me because whatever. And, like, why are other people talking about my sexuality without me being there? That's weird. Because that had never happened to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess if any of you are talking about me, maybe you do. But anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, that situation turned out fine because it was not yeah. ill-intentioned yeah. on any side. It was just, side. like, it was literally just the common friend being curious if he had, like, listened to the podcast. It was yeah. fine. I just freaked out. Yeah, um, I remember that fine. very clearly. <laughs> I'm allowed to freak out, though. Like, that's fine. Yeah, that's um, fine. So, anyway, that's relationship three. We're doing great. Nice. Nice. Uh, bow tie on that. Transition. So, speaking of, like, communicating in relationships and knowing what each other needs, there was also some questions about, like, what to do if you're already in a relationship when you, like, realize you're ace. Mm. There was one of, like, I'm married... And now, or, mm-hmm. like, if you're, like, in a long, committed relationship, yeah, what may- do? Maybe you live together, maybe, yeah. you know. Do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, I would say be honest and communicate freely when you are comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the biggest thing, is, like, communication is so important, but it's important to do it on your own timeline. And I think if you are in a committed relationship and the person you are in a relationship with is, you know, really cares about you and is open and I I would hope that they would react well. Or even if you're just like, I'm kind of struggling. I'm still into you, don't worry. But, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just kind of figuring things out I need you to let me do that for a little bit. Um, Not necessarily, like, running away and joining a nunnery, but just, like, you know. Jesus. (laughs) I I couldn't decide if I wanted to say running away and having an orgy or joining a nunnery, and they're really two extremes. I mean, Um, if you're ace, are you really running away to have an orgy? I mean, like, maybe. That's why I went for the nunnery. Okay. Seems more likely. See, but now you're messing up celibacy and asexuality. And I don't appreciate that. Well, may- well, maybe this person was like, maybe I need to be celibate for a while to really understand. Okay, that's fine. Maybe they need to find God. Do they, though? So, <laughs> like, I think if you're in a good, healthy relationship, like, the other person or persons, if it's a polyamorous relationship, would hopefully be receptive to that. And if they're not, then that's dicks, and I'm not going to tell you what to do, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I... It doesn't seem like that relationship is good for you. Yeah, I think it's really tough with these conversations, and this is, like, a relationship thing in general. Like, I've definitely had breakups where it was just, like, it's not like we had some, like, big fight. It was more of, like, okay, these things about us just, like, aren't compatible, yeah, like, we're just not on the same we, page. Like, that's why we need to part ways. And I think that that's something, like, that's similar here of, like, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily, like, I don't love you anymore. It's not necessarily, like, fuck you, you're a terrible person. It's just, like, our love languages are too different. Like, our lifestyles are different. Our life mm-hmm. paths are, like, diverging. And I think... I mean, from experience, that's extremely painful. And so I can understand Mm -hmm. why someone, like, would be afraid to have that conversation. 
Especially or, like, if you still genuinely really care about the first person. Right. About the first because, person. I don't know why I said oh. first person. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, in your mind, you might be like, okay, this is happening now, but I still want to stay with this person. But you might be afraid that if you bring it up that, like, they won't want to stay with you. Yeah. Whatever. And which is, like, completely understandable. And I've, like, truly been there. But yeah. in my mind, and, like, this is... I realize I'm, like, 22 and, like, have no business giving relationship advice, but... <laughs> we were asked for it. But we were asked for it, so fuck you. Um, be <laughs> you, like, you, you have no place giving relationship advice? I'm 21 and I've never been in a relationship. <laughs> I mean, I have more of a place than you do, but, like, in yeah, the grand scheme of things, this is, like, literally me, a child, being like, um, I've had a couple boyfriends, so... I, I love <laughs> the grand scream of things. <laughs> I also love the Grand Scream of Things. It's a good, like, band name. Yeah, the Grand Scream of Things. Continue. Oh! <gasps> like a, kind of like a musical theater screamo band? <laughs> Isn't it, though? A little bit. Someone make me an album cover. Anyway. Like, in the Grand Scream of Things, like, you need to, like, if you're gonna hold this in and not have the conversation, it's gonna end up, like, making you unhappy. Yeah. And, like, feel stifled. And, like... It might be an extremely painful conversation to have, and maybe the relationship won't keep going. But, like, from my experience, it's gonna work out better in the end if you don't force it and, like, try to keep stuff down and, like, try to force yourself to be compatible with, like, maybe you're not. And obviously, yeah. maybe it'll be fine and you'll stay together. You just, like, need to work through like, what you both need and, like, what your boundaries are, what you're, like, what you each need to do in the relationship to, like, make the other person, like, feel loved and comfortable. But, like, worst case scenario, you don't end up together, but my thinking is that's probably for the best. Yeah, and I recognize that for some people there may be external factors. You might have kids. There might be yeah. social taboos if you're, like, legally married about yeah. being separated or divorced. I understand that. Um, but I think ultimately you have to think about what is best for you and if it's going to be worse to stay in this relationship when there's something like misaligned that you can't quite get on the same page, mm -hmm. then it might be the best thing for you. Right. And I would also say just like be mindful of like how you're having this conversation, like like, if you still really care about this person, tell them that and remind them that, like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with right now, but, like, I'm still the same person. Yeah. Like, and ho hopefully they'll, you know, see that. Hopefully, too, it's a relationship that's based in honesty, so when you say that, they will believe you. Right. If not, you're fucked. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I said I'm kidding very fast. The okay. Communication Another can always question. be grown. <laughs> Another question that I feel like we've kind of touched on mm -hmm. is how not to feel obligated to perform sex in a committed relationship when you don't want to. Kayla, I'll throw this one to you. Um. Wow. Thank you. Well, what would I know? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I think. Man, I, uh, I mean, yeah, I think this is something I guess I struggled with in the beginning of all these relationships, partly because of who I am as a person, but 
but also because of my sexuality, but also because of my mental health? I'll explain. There was a period, and I think I talked about this in one of our episodes where we talk about, like, how we've grown, and, like, I think it was in one of our New Year's resolution episodes, actually, or both of them, mm-hmm. of, I went through this period of, like, I would get really bad anxiety attacks surrounding, like, dates or, like, relationship stuff, basically because, A, I feel the need to, like, understand what people's expectations are and, like, meet them, mm-hmm. and... I don't remember what letter I was on. Like, basically my my fear was these people I'm going out with expect me to have sex with them. I don't want to, but, like, what do I do if we get in that situation? Right here, right now on the table. Right. No. (laughs) Wait, no. (laughs) Dirty. Anyway. To clarify, you mean the table's dirty? No, I mean having sex on the table is dirty. Oh, yeah, the table's also probably dirty, and you could get... It probably a, is, like, cat keep... Know. My cat keeps walking on it. I have to yeah. clean it first. I don't want that all up in there. And then clean it afterwards, too. Oh, for sure. Okay. It'll be stinky. Anyway. So, I mean, that's, like, kind of what I was going through. And it was... I mean, it was interesting because I never felt obligated to have sex. I was never like, okay, these people might expect me to have sex, so I need to have sex. It was always... These people might expect me to have sex. How do I tell them goodbye? Yeah. Was, like, where my anxiety was. So I guess I, like, kind of right. felt that, but kind of didn't. Um, some people might be in situations where they do feel obligated to have sex. Right. And that is... A, unfortunate. Like, yeah. It's obviously unfortunate. I was, it's a very delicate situation. Right. Obviously, I was lucky enough to always have partners who were, like, understanding... And didn't make me feel like I needed to do something. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately that's not the yeah. case for everyone. I mean, I, I would love to say stand up for yourself at any cost, but that's very that's, easy for me to say. Like, And it's also it's, sometimes, like, not safe. Yeah, it's not always the right thing to do. And I wish it were. I wish you didn't have to do it in the first place. But I think, for me, my question to this question would be, like, why do you feel obligated and like who is making you feel obligated mm, yeah i think I there's think a good point. there's like two ways to solve this well like what okay so either the person you're in this relationship with is making you feel obligated my response to that would be that's not healthy educate and, them and if they don't change dump their ass <laughs> right but in a safe way like yes. Yes. in that situation as safely as possible talk to them if that doesn't work, remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Because that's an unhealthy, abusive relationship. If gone to the extreme. If you are the person making yourself feel obligated, that I think we can fix. Yes. With time. Yes. And therapy? I was about to say and Not therapy. necessarily, but like therapy fixes but everything. Think, But thinking and talking. Even if yeah. it's not, like, in a formal, like, this is my therapist. Right. So I think, like, having a conversation with your partner and being like, hey, I feel this way, like, can you give me some reassurance that, like, you don't feel like I should be obligated to feel like that? Like, can we talk about this? Like, and yeah. then, I don't, like, I think your partner giving you reassurance that, like, they don't feel like you need to do anything can probably Mm -hmm. go a long way. Because my guess is, if I was in that situation, it would probably me be thinking, 
Like, I would be thinking, what would I be thinking? Oh, I would be thinking, like, okay, they're saying that I don't need to do this, but, like, do they really mean it? And, like, That sounds incredibly on brand for you. Yeah, completely. (laughs) Um, And so, like, for me, what would help me is getting reassurance from my partner, like, no, I'm not lying to you. You really don't have to do anything. Like, chill out. Yeah. If you're the partner in that situation, take notes. I... I would also say if you're in a situation where your partner is totally cool and amazing, but maybe your friends or family, mm-hmm. more likely friends, but family, <laughs> your mom might just is be like, like, excuse me. I, I mean, it could be like, I want grandkids now, you know? Oh no, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's a whole other can of worms. But I would say if they're pressuring you, like, fuck them. I mean, don't, because you're probably not comfortable with it, but. Metaphorically metaphorically fuck them like if you like try and explain things to them and if they're still dicks you don't want them in your life right i think sometimes you can't cut people out completely because of reasons but minimize (laughs) but you can at least kind of work towards not taking their opinion so highly i guess yeah yeah i think the hardest one to probably combat is like it might just be like society making you feel obligated yeah like which is i think really connected to yourself making you feel obligated right because you might just be like internalizing yeah misogyny or whatever um heteronormativity yes that one is i mean tougher because i think like a lot of the models we see of relationships are like people that have relationships and have sex so it mm-hmm. might feel like in order to have a quote-unquote normal relationship, you need to have sex. Mm-hmm. That one, I think, just, like, takes time and, like, becoming comfortable with yourself. Yeah. It Maybe takes time. Therapy. And also just talking to people about this. Like, yeah. communicating with partners and with friends and families about, like, no, this is not necessary that I fuck people all the time. Like, that's only going to help because it's going to expand the base of people who understand not just asexuality, but just, like, that the concept of heteronormativity is bad and stupid. Yeah, I think, like, even just having conversations with your friends of, like, how crazy is it that, like, all of this stuff is ingrained in us? Right. Because even, there's even stuff, like, that has nothing to do with sex that, like, Mm -hmm. is ingrained in us of, like, this is how a relationship should go. And then, like anyone you meet that's been in a relationship will be like no that's stupid so like i think even having a simple conversation of like isn't this crazy and commiserating with your friends about that can probably go a long way to show you like you're not the only one that feels like you're not meeting society's standards because literally no one is for sure do you have anything else to say on that matter because i'm gonna take a small segue here take it away all right I also, as we were talking about this, was thinking about people who have been in issues that, as I've mentioned, I have kind of been in before, where it's like, you think you're arrow, but then you're like, wait. Or like, you maybe you think you're ace, but then you're like, wait. I think it might be a little bit more of a situation if you are arrow and like, you're like, I didn't think I wanted to date, but now I'm like, eh. I would say, this is going to sound very hypocritical of me. <laughs> communicate. I'm so bad at communicating. You sure are. Like I as I mentioned a couple episodes ago, like in those situations where I've been like, do I have a crush on you or do I just like really want to be friends with you? I just like left it alone and like was like, cool. <laughs> like I guess I'm still arrow. I don't know. 
but I will say, like, it can be difficult to be, like, questioning your sexuality. I mean, it can be even worse, too, if the person who you're finding yourself interested in knows your arrow ace because they not may not be seeing you as, like, a viable person they could date. Yeah. And so you do have to be kind of forthright with, like, maybe your interest, and that sounds like something I would never do. But, <laughs> but yeah, I would I say, if you really are interested, just be honest and be like, I'm not sure if I'm into you this way or not, but I kind of want to explore it. And at the very least, they'll feel flattered that, like, they were the ones who made you question your sexuality. I don't know. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so terrible to say. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, especially in those situations, like, in any situation where you're, like, struggling with your sexuality... I think it's, like, best to be as open about that as you feel comfortable with, with mm-hmm. a partner. Yeah. Because then, like, if you start acting weird or, like, not weird, but, you know, if you start, like... Different. Acting different or, like, you're upset about something, like, it'll help inform them of, like, okay, this might be why they feel uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. Or this might be why they need something from me more yeah. in this relationship. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it is only going to help benefit like the well-being of your relationship yeah and but of course you I, know, if you're it's it's easy to say that obviously it's harder to talk about your sexuality right. or your romantic orientation right. sometimes but and there are people that i know who have like kind of had that experience but i haven't really talked to them about that experience and i would definitely like to um mm-hmm. but that's just kind of my understanding of how of what i would in a perfect world do uh, in uh, the real world, I would climb in my bed and sleep. Yeah, that's fair. It's okay if you just want to climb in your bed and sleep. It is okay. It's okay to feel that way. <laughs> I feel that uh, way every day. All the time. Do you have anything else to add? I mean, no. I hope this was, like, somewhat at least interesting. Obviously, I hope we like didn't I make said, a fool of ourselves. <laughs> we're, like, 20-year-olds who have like really no place talking about this but but i feel like we had some interesting thoughts i did too i would take all of our advice as always with a grain of salt but absolutely you knew that yep salt everywhere what's our poll for this week oh jesus <laughs> jesus <laughs> i don't know uh, maybe like like have you had like, are you an A-spec person who's had experiences with this? Tell us about them. Yeah. Well, should we do an open one? People haven't been responding to our open polls lately. To be fair, our last open poll was bad. Yes. I mean, we got some good responses. Maybe can we just do, like, <laughs> as an ace person, have you dated? Okay. As, and then for for the, like, two non-A-spec listeners that we have as a non-ace person have you ever dated an ace an ace bag person there's definitely like at least one person who's not ace yeah that's why i rounded who up has two. messaged us so it's just being like a good you, ally like good on you because this is miserable i'm sure <laughs> amazing okay that'll be on our twitter um what's your juice and beef this week you know what mine is you gotta go first okay my my juice is um i mean i'm going home this weekend which is very exciting she's gonna see me the most important person that she's ever met in her life 
Probably. Um, my big project at work, which was another podcast, uh, <laughs> like launched and happened. Um, so that was really exciting. Promo so that work- damn thing. Should I? It seems like cheap. Why not? Okay. If people are. I mean, I mean if people aren't going to listen unless they're interested. So that's true. I mean, okay. I mean, okay. So it's called inside the admissions office. It's basically like people that used to work in admissions offices at colleges, like they used to like read applications and decide who got in, like them giving advice on like what your college application should look like. Yeah. So if you're a listener who's applying to college in the United States, it might be helpful to you. Or not in the United States. We have a lot of international people. Nice. Well, anyway, like. Well, applying the, the colleges out of, are in yes, applying the from United out States. of That's what I meant. the states to the states, whatever. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was really cool because my work was like here, have this project by yourself and go wild. Um, so that was really cool. And nice. was that beef or lo- juice? That was yeah, that was beef, Sarah. No, it was juice. <laughs> okay. uh, I hate that my work gave me agency. Terrible. Um, and then. My last juice is that just, like, exciting stuff for the podcast has been happening, and it's been really cool. Yeah, boy. Got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, tea. True. Tea. Uh, my beef is that I have to drive to the airport at 3 a.m. to see begin to see Sarah exclusively and then go home. No one right else. I see her because she's the only one I'm there for. And, I mean, it's really hot in my apartment right now. Okay. My cat good. was an asshole this morning. I don't know. Classic. Are you good. ready for my beef? I know you're ready, but the listeners aren't. I guess. Okay. So this beef is from last week, essentially. And it happened, and I told Kayla about it, and she was like, tweet about it from the pod Twitter. And I was like... Oh, wow. I totally forgot about this. Yeah. And I was like, I want to kind of rip this company a new one on the pod and then maybe tweet about it like i wanted to be able to talk through it first so i waited yeah. a little bit oh, so i, I just actually remember it. i actually have calmed down a bit but by the end of this i probably will be uh, angry again yes uh okay so i flew to florida last week for a vacation i got a sunburn <laughs> i <laughs> that's it that's the beef that's the beef uh, actually, it's basically gone. It wasn't that bad of a sunburn. Okay. Um, I, on the way there, decided to watch the film Rocket Man on the plane. And watching that film made me want to do two things. One, it made me want to hug Elton John. Yes. Two, it made me want to punch Delta Airlines. Now, I like Delta. When it comes to, um... Large corporations that make a lot of money that fly planes. I mean, they all suck. Delta's but De- pretty good, though. But Delta is better. <laughs> and yeah. But now they're but, not. But I found out a couple days after watching Rocket Man because I, at the beginning, it was like, things have been cut out of this. And I was like, yeah, okay. I, they, they cut, I was like, okay, they, they cut the sex scene. I knew there was a sex scene, and then it wasn't in the movie, and I was like, okay, they cut the sex scene. But then I was like, okay, I'm just curious. I want to watch the sex scene. So me. And the true characteristic move of Sarah. <laughs> looked it up. And I discovered that not only did they cut the sex scene, they cut a lot of gay shit out of the movie. 
I don't know if it was Delta who did it or if there's some other company that's contracted to be like... Delta let it happen either way. Yeah. And so basically, they talk about gayness, but anything that was shown was cut. Every single gay kiss was cut. Um, and it's including, a gay movie, folks. I know. Like, including, like, the interracial gay kiss. And I was like, okay, like, they cut the sex scene. It was pretty tame, but... Okay, Whatever. but my thing with that is I watched The Favorite on the plane, and there yeah. was for sure all the gay stuff in there. Which, I mean, like, I guess the whole movie was pretty gay, so you, like, yeah. really couldn't cut that much out. But, like, they didn't cut any of that shit out. But here's here's the thing. I was like, okay, they cut the sex scene, whatever. But then I remembered that one time I was watching that, um, it's like a satirical parody film about the, what's that bike ride through France? The Tour de France? Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> say it in your, front, your new French accent. Tour de France. Wow. <laughs> um, it was like the, the satirical thing with, uh, I think, um, Bonk Bonk, Andy Samberg was in it, and some other people. There was straight up a dick in that, and Delta showed it to me. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh my god, I'm on Delta a plane. Delta shoved it in my face. <laughs> um, and... So I was like, so you're going to just show me a dick, but you're not going to, you're going to cut the sex scene? Um, yeah, see, because, like, I would understand if they cut, like, every sex scene. Right, and it's like, like... there's kids uh, on the plane, and they might, like, see it, but, right. like, they're obviously not being, like, equal with which sex they're cutting out. Exactly. And, like, okay, whatever, you cut the sex scene, the dick-sucking scene, they trimmed it so that you had to guess that the dick was sucked they trimmed his dick oh boy but they cut every single gay kiss so i watched a nine minute video on youtube of just all the gay parts of rocket and about half of them have been cut from the movie that i watched so they're important i know and like there was so much in this movie that i i got i understood it because i already understood that there was gay context and i was primed to read it that way but holy fucking shit this movie makes so much more sense with those goddamn scenes in like there was a lot of stuff that like i just assumed had happened based on context clues and but like then i found out that like oh there was an actual kiss there like they fucking made out in a closet like (laughs) like i mean a lot of the movie is about his relationship with this other man exactly it's kind of hard to really understand the meaning of it when they cut out some stuff that happens that like right and they kind of they spend more time in the movie showing the gayness rather than talking about it as it should be so don't tell and so the fact that they cut everything that was shown made it like just it it makes so much more sense knowing what I now know. And I now want to rewatch it in full. It's also a very good movie. It is a good movie. Um, I thought it was better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. But, yeah. I, uh, it's some bullshit. I, like, but they kept straight kisses in. Sarah was texting me this and I was fucking pissed. Yeah. And like, I was like. Why? And I was like, am I going crazy? So I looked it up, and I found some people talking about it on Twitter. I'm not crazy. They did cut out every single gay kiss. Um, and then I was like, like I, I considered, like, looking up 
stuff about Delta's LGBTQIA plus like stances and stuff because like people on the internet had been like yeah the favorite they kind of showed everything but then I decided that like I didn't care this is shitty <laughs> like I don't sure. care if if this is a something that was overlooked or something that's like whatever like what the fuck yeah I mean like like how in 2019 are we like censoring movies for gay content yeah it's like it just really so you know what i did on the way home out of pure protest no i watched moonlight (laughs) (laughs) um wow but here's the thing too i watched moonlight and i had the captions on because plans are fucking loud and because, like, my good headphones don't have, like, a plug that's, like, a regular plug. So I had to use, like, an old-ass pair of, like, shitty Apple headphones. And so I was like, okay. I don't usually like watching stuff with captions because it distracts my ADHD ass, but I needed to have them on. ADHD ass. ADHD ass. Um, and, like, there's a lot of swearing. There are racial slurs. Not, they're not used as slurs. The N-word is used between black people. I guess it's not really used as a slur. But, you know. But they they're still, say it. They say it a lot. There's a lot of swearing. And, like, all of that just pops up on the captioning, which, like, yeah, of course it does. That's, that's well, like, what a child could is. see that. Right. And it's, like, a kid could see that, too. Like, <laughs> it's fucking so who the fuck cares? Yeah. So there's that. Um... My juice. I have many juices because this is me and I go crazy. ADHD who? ADHD Doug. Okay. ADHD Doug. (laughs) Um, Attention deficit hyperactivity Doug. Please, that's his father. (laughs) That's his name on Twitter right now. He changed, he spelled it out. I know, but that's a funny joke and it was good. Okay. Ha ha. Okay. Um, (laughs) Fuck you. The impeachment of Donald Trump. My next juice. George Salazar and MJ Rodriguez performing Suddenly Seymour on James Corden. <sighs> okay, I'm already obsessed. Like, I have been obsessed with this production of Little Shop of Horrors because I love George Salazar. But it is a black trans actress and a gay Asian Latino actor playing such iconic roles as Audrey and Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. And they performed it on James Corden, and the performance is so fucking good. They sound amazing. It, I've lost my shit. I've watched it multiple times. I was. Is that why you were late to our business meeting? Is that what yes. you were watching? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just so glad they did the performance on James Corden because I really wanted to see the show, but I couldn't because it was only running for like a month in California, and I'm not in California yet. And so it made me very happy to see it, and I am happy about it. Uh, Juice. The song Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Juice. Yes. The song Conversations with My Wife by John Bellion. Juice. Heaven Help Me by Lizzo. Yes. Juice. Interviews with both Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds together. Juice. The Politician on Netflix. I finished it. Kayla hasn't. Don't spoil it. Juice. Even though I told Sarah to watch it and then I fell behind. I'm trash. It's fine. I'm busy. I'm a working lady. What do you want? I'm only semi-employed. Okay. Juice. My sister got me a Leia Jesus candle for my birthday. And then you fucking melted your lamp with it. I did. But now I have a Leia Jesus candle and a Lin-Manuel Miranda Jesus candle, and they're buds. Also, not really juice, but 
it is ADHD Awareness Month. It is Ace Awareness Month because that's later this month. Also, it's my birthday this month, so be aware of me. Thank you. Sarah, I think you actually tweeted a tweet that was, like, exactly that from our pod Twitter last year. Good. I remember actually, that a sounds tweet familiar. where you were like, be aware of me. Be aware of me. Just be Someone aware of me. Okay. Also, more juice. The concept of taking love songs and interpreting them, like, 100% platonically, it works a little bit less with, like, love in this club and a little bit more on, like, every Ben Platt song, but I'm into it. Oh, you should listen to Rex Orange County. Okay. He has good one. You, yeah, you do that. Uh, I, okay. You do that. At Sounds Fake Pod everywhere. Uh-huh. I, I finished. I got through all my juice. You're, um, you left a juice out. What? It's me. Kayla's juice. No. I'm I coming totally... to visit you exclusively. Yeah, just for me. And no I, one else. I totally should have said the song Juice by Lizzo. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, anyway. Kayla is juice. Thank okay. you. At Sounds Fake Pod everywhere if you want to find us on social media. If you want to find that tweet that I just apparently tweeted last year and also talked about right now. Yeah. Uh, go for it. We also have a Patreon if you want to support us financially. Our $2 patrons are Keith McBlain, Roxanne Alice, in Space, Anonymous, Mariah Walter, Jonathan, Christopher Teaver, Deary, Patrick Jackson, Andrew Yang, Ninny, Courtney Jones. Our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, Rita Minnesota, Austin Lay, Drew Funny, Perry Fierro, D, Megan Rowell, Quentin Pollock, Emily Collins, Tim, Ryan Lizietti, Book Marvel, and Changeling MX, who is the color purple. Not like the book or the musical, like the, the color purple. But you haven't heard that. Or the How movie. You know? What? Because. Changeling said that you no, you were blue I'm and purple. I'm purple. You're no, purple. I'm, I'm blue. purple and you're blue. Based on our voices, but you've never heard their voice. How do you know that they're purple? That's just how I'm pronouncing their name this week. Oh, okay. I'm pronouncing it. <coughs> <laughs> so sorry, Changeling. Our ten dollar patrons are Kevin I'm and Tessa not. at Dirty Uncle Kevin at Tessa underscore M underscore K. Arknets who'd like to promote Trevor Project, Benjamin Abara who'd like to promote tabletop games, Anonymous who'd like to promote Halloween spoopy. Sarah McCoy who would like to promote oh shit. Sarah McCoy who would like to promote podcast from a planet weird. And my Aunt Jeannie, who's now a ten dollar patron. Jeannie. Hi, Aunt Jeannie. Her dog Bucky is so cute. Um Yes. That's not what she's promoting though. She's promoting Christopher's Haven, which is uh okay. <laughs> it's speak. okay. Okay. Um, no, it's it's better than okay. It's the mission of Christopher's Haven. I'm just reading this. Is to have is to make a tangible difference in the day to day lives of children and their families by creating and operating a home away from home for children being treated for cancer at Boston's Mass General Hospital for children and the Dana Bar Children's Barber Hospital. I can't read. But Chris Evans the man, the myth, the Captain America, America's ass. Uh, he's an official ambassador, and he often spends time there uh, visiting the kids and their families. And it's cool, and my aunt would like to promote it. To t- I struggled speaking there, but we did it. Did you Our $15... Oh, what? Yeah. Okay. I was like, did you do all of them? But keep going. Our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, Nathaniel Joe Designs.com. My mom, Julie, who would like to promote free mom hugs. Sarah Jones, who would like, is Eternal Lolly everywhere. Eternal Lolly, hello. And Dragonfly, who I have decided this week is going to promote a good time. Just having one. TM? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears, live and in person. Not live, but in person. 
But not really, because you'll still be hearing us through headphones or True. a car or a True. speaker. True. And until then, take good care of your cows. <laughs>